In the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful. Welcome to a, the sixth episode. Actually, today is the seventh episode of the Qazwini Brothers podcast. Time is flying, mashallah. My name is Sayyid Muhammad Rada Qazwini, and joined with me today is my dear elder brother, Sayyid Muhammad Jawad Qazwini. Today we're going to be talking about getting high. Drugs are a undeniable uh, you know, epidemic that's going on within our community. We can't deny that drug use is a reality within the Muslim community, from selling drugs to using drugs. We're going to give you a rundown on how to keep it real and stay safe in the midst of it all. Respected brothers and sisters, viewers, friends, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Indeed, today we're going to be talking about an extremely important topic. Uh, a topic that has uh, affected people globally for many years. However, a topic that has been ignored uh, for the most part. I believe that. Um, the effects of drug abuse uh, are so dangerous that um, such a topic needs to be discussed way more often than it already is. And uh, I don't think it should only be discussed from a legal aspect, religious, legal aspect, jurisprudential aspect, but also must be discussed from every other way uh, that affects a human being um, so that we are able to save lives, so that we are able to make sure that people are uh, living their lives to the best potential they can and they are happy individuals. So I believe that this topic is extremely important. Um, also within the month of Ramadan, the month of restraint, the month of purity, the month of seeking purification from Allah, and especially a month in which du'a and prayers and supplications are accepted. Right in the beginning, I would uh, like to make a prayer for all those who are suffering from drug abuse, for their families, for their friends, for their loved ones. May Allah give them the power and the strength and the guidance to uh, get themselves out of this problem and inshallah be able to uh, uh, recover fast, inshallah, and get back to their lives. So today we're going to be going over a few main points. We'll talk about the trap mentality or drug culture. We're going to talk about how encountering drugs occurs uh, as a youngster in the United States or uh, in the West for that matter. We'll talk about the glamorization of drug use and pop culture. Um, then we're going to get a little serious. We're going to talk about what to do if we know someone who's an addict, who's addicted to drug use. Uh, we'll talk about how to try and quit drug abuse. We'll talk about how to avoid starting drug use. Then we're going to talk about prescription drug use, steroid use, and then we'll, we'll end with talking about medicinal marijuana. So. Uh, the trap mentality is basically the glamorization and the, and the, the way that uh, the media and music is portraying 
the drug culture, you know, selling drugs and dealing drugs and using drugs. That's basically the trap mentality. Um, it's engulfed millennials and Gen Z alike. It's all you hear in music, what you see on Netflix, like Narcos, you know, shows like that on the news, documentaries. It's all, uh, you know, drug use and drug dealing is basically so glamorized. So when, when there's kids in the suburbs that are listening to Gucci Mane, you know, these kids are like 14, 15, they're listening to Gucci Mane. He's talking about selling cocaine, you know, using his pistol, doing all these things. They don't understand that there's a negative aspect to this lifestyle. They think that's cool, you know, I want to be a Gucci Mane. Um, I want to have tattoos on my face, stuff like that. Trust me, it, it does not end well, you know. We've seen many people go down this path. I know many people personally that have lost their life in the trap mentality. Um, so let's talk about drug culture and the trap mentality uh, in general. You know, um, obviously media tries to portray something that um, uh, then would influence the people um, and uh, with those music videos I mean um, there is really nothing good that will come out of them and unfortunately they are so accessible to kids to teenagers and you find that they almost like you said trap you in a way where once you watch them once you're in that age group once you're a teenager growing up you know you you are heavily influenced by them you're heavily influenced by the music that you hear and the music videos that you see. And, uh, you know, then you end up going to the mall and you find that all of those people in that age category are, are shopping the same way, they're acting the same way, they're speaking the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, it's some sort of mechanism uh, to just drive people where they want them to go. You know, mm -hmm. people are no longer... Um, you know, free and in, in deciding uh, the kind of lifestyle they want to own for themselves. And, you know, it makes it very difficult for, for parents as well. Um, because, you know, if you're, if you're a parent trying to convince your children that, you know, this is wrong, but everybody else is doing it, mm -hmm. it's not going to be as easy. Um, but I know many people who have suffered, many people who are still suffering, uh, I know many people who have lost their lives. I know many people who are no longer able to communicate with their family. All sorts of problems have occurred, literally. All sorts of problems mm -hmm. have occurred. People who have lost their jobs, people who have lost their careers, people who have gone into the best schools, the best Ivy League schools, and could have had the best future. Uh, you know, they could have been making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, if not a month. But yet, as soon as they got into college, as soon as they got into those universities and they started living on campus, uh, things changed around for them. You know, they started uh, uh, using drugs and then some of them ended up start selling drugs. Right. Um, and then, you know, they're either in prison, behind bars, or, you know, they, 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 uh, they basically destroyed their life and their reputation and their credit and they got out, expelled out of school. So indeed, it's a, it's a cancerous 
part of the society right. that we must be very aware of and we must be able to create awareness on. Yeah, people don't realize that those, you know, when you see those narcos and Pablo Escobar, things like that, those are giant cartels, you know, you can't compete with something like this and yeah. not to say you should or you should try, but it's not going to end well for you thinking you could just become a drug dealer and, oh, I'm going to become the next Pablo Escobar. It's not going to happen that way. Um, let's talk about how we encountered drugs, you know, growing up. Um, I grew up in California. You grew up in California. I know for me, by the time I was in like middle school, I knew what weed was, obviously. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew like, oh, this is something people smoke and then they feel funny or whatever. Um, and then when I got into high school, I basically knew, yeah, this is what it is. You know, people smoke it, they get high from it. Everyone was smoking weed um, in high school, you know, kids, teachers, nerds, all the uh, jocks, anyone that you could think of was smoking weed. And it was, um, you know, that was just part of high school, I guess, in California. Yeah. But eventually I started to see things that were worse, you know, like opioid abuse, kids taking pills, you know, kids starting to do cocaine or meth, stuff like that. And then I realized, you know, this, this is crazy. Kids are actually on drugs at school. They're losing their life, nodding off like zombies in the middle of class. So um, that's kind of how I encountered drug use growing up. What about yourself? You know, alhamdulillah, we had the pleasure and the honor of attending an Islamic school. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I think things were a lot different for us. Alhamdulillah, we didn't encounter any drugs in an Islamic school. Um, however, you know, it was obviously after that in college and prior to that, you know, when, when, when you're out of school and you're hanging out with friends, um, I think for the most part, um, at least a reference to drug use, mm -hmm. uh, description of drug use, uh, some people who, you know, were using drugs being directly or indirectly in your circle of friends, that's always been there. And, you know, I, I, I want to talk about several things here very quickly. One is the importance of uh, Islamic schools. You know, maybe at that time, I really didn't know the importance of an Islamic school. But now, obviously, I understand that, you know, if you really want to protect your children and their future and their sanity and, 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 and safeguard them against the evil mm -hmm. that's out there, then you have to do two things. You have to create an Islamic school. And number two, you have to make it an academically extremely powerful uh, uh, school so that you can ensure your your kids a bright future right so not only in that school you know they won't be able they won't be exposed exposed to drugs and alcohol and other things right but you know if you've hired the best teachers if, if you have the best facility and it's a it's a really good private school then you know you make sure you give yourself you, you give your children good education so they end up in good universities and have good futures. Mm -hmm. And I think that you know every Muslim community now in the West needs to really think this over. You know we have many masjids, we have many Husseiniyat or Imam Bargas, 
And, you know, you go, for example, to some cities here in America, and, you know, I've traveled almost every state visiting right. different Muslim communities. And sometimes you go to one city, literally one city, mm -hmm. and I can name cities right now, and people watching or watching later will agree that in that city, there are so many mosques, right. so many Imam Bargas, so many Husseiniyans, and strip malls and you know people just renting out a little home or whatever it is or very large mosques some of them are out of apartments mm -hmm. you know they can add up to like 40 or 50 mosques right for the shia community by the way uh now obviously the same thing goes for the sunni community so if you were to put the sunni and shia and sufi and all the other denominations the masjids in one city and count them, they would be in the hundreds. Because you, we've gone used to knowing that, you know, running a masjid is not really difficult. All you need to do is just get somebody to lead the Friday prayers and then, you know, possibly give them something to eat or not, doesn't matter. But you'll get by. And that's a masjid for us. Because we believe this is the ideal mosque. This is what Allah accepts from, you know, accepts from us. The rest are, you know... Extras. Extras. And... We really haven't gotten to the point where we're saying, you know, we don't need 30 or 40 or 50 mosques. We need 5 or 10 to serve the needs of everybody in the community. Now, the rest of our money, we should put it together and we should purchase a beautiful, large facility, a school right. for Muslim kids. You know, because they don't want to be in a small, tiny school while all their friends are going to a large, beautiful public school. Right. They want to enjoy, you know, playing sports and what have you. Um, so it takes a lot of money. It also takes uh, unity in the community mm -hmm. for this project to be prosperous. For everybody to believe in it, to bring their kids, to participate, to volunteer, and, and to pay. Right. Uh, to be charitable towards such a project. But look what, what the end results would be. You would have all the Muslim kids in that society, in that community, in that city, growing up with Islamic discipline, being brothers, brethren to each other mm -hmm. when they grow up. So when they start a business, they, they're brothers with each other. They look after each other, right. to take care of each other. If one of them wants to become a politician, then the rest help him. Right. If one of them wants to if one of them wants to be a journalist the rest help him if w one of them you know wants to become an athlete then the rest are behind him cheering up for him and this is what rasulullah sallallahu wasallam was able to establish with the religion of islam and especially in the holy city of medina mm -hmm. to turn foes into brethren and today you will see those kids uh you know calling each other names Right. Uh, just because, you know, one of them is Shia, one of them is Sunni, one of them is from Pakistan, one of them is from India. And it's very unfortunate, you know, even though that's not our topic today, but I want to talk about it. You know, it's very unfortunate. Why? Because the mosques that we've had have really not given them what they need. They've, mm -hmm. in fact, given them what they don't need in their lives today. And that is, you know, thinking about how other Muslims are wrong and they're the right Muslims. So having an Islamic school is very important. I cannot emphasize how those things can go hand in hand in, uh, in securing you know, a future, a better future for your children and protecting them against drugs. Number two, if you really can't and you're at a stage where you're saying, well, that's 
a really far ahead for us. We're a small community. We can't afford that. We can't do that right now. Mm -hmm. And make sure you have a Sunday school, a weekend school. Make sure that your children are meeting other Muslim children and, and all together are talking about uh, things that keep them away from such a culture. Right. You know, uh, for example, uh, our mosques, our Islamic centers should not really be just a prayer hall, honestly. Right. They should be recreational facilities where kids can come and play sports, meet other kids. They, you know, they drain their energy. Um, they have fun, you know, you don't have to drag them there. And that kind of, you know, keeps them on track for the rest of the week. Uh, but, you know, back to your question, growing up in this country, like I said, I wasn't in an Islamic school, but I know kids who weren't in Islamic schools. And there were still friends, you know, I, I know them. I, I've, I've known them throughout their process of growing up. And, mashallah, you know, they're in their 30s right now. And some of them have really suffered. Why? And some of them are still suffering. Some of them, I know of their drug, drug addiction. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that they're, they're, you know, they're, they're addicted to drugs. But I don't, you know, I don't say anything. I just pretend like I don't know. And they, I don't know if they know that I know, or mm -hmm. they think, oh, he's, he doesn't know. Obviously, yeah. he wouldn't know. Maybe they're scared to tell you. or. But I've kept my relationship right with them, to be honest, because I feel like, you know, one day those people will really need help. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a friend's job is to be there for them, to, to help them if that happens. Inshallah, yeah. they'll be able to get out of it by themselves. But, you know, um, it's very unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. It makes me very sad to see some people, uh, some really good people, really good people. Some of them, you know, are religious. Some of them got, come from really good families. Right. You know, uh, either becoming alcoholics or they're, you know, constantly on drugs, drug abuse. You know, something had to go wrong. Yeah. This is, this is what I'm going to talk about in our next point, kind of the glamorization of drug use in pop culture. So it's as if drug use is kind of normalized um, to us and, and glamorized for that fact. When you see shows like Narcos, you know, a guy that has a huge drug empire, he's using drugs, he's dealing drugs, he's murdering people. Amazon of drugs. Yeah, Amazon, of, even more than Amazon, yeah, you know, he's definitely. probably the Warren Buffett of drugs. <laughs> he, he was making trillions of dollars a year from yeah. drug, drug uh, dealing. And then you, you see, you know, in the music that is being listened to today, one of the hit songs, um, I don't know how long ago, but it was on the radio, the rap song, it's Molly Percocet, Molly Percocet. So basically the rapper is just saying the names of two drugs and that he's mixing them and he, it's, it's like, uh, you know, people are making memes with that song, people are... So it's kind of being fed to the youth uh, that being a drug addict is cool. Look at this rapper, he's a drug addict. It's not that bad, you know? He's a millionaire, he drives this car, he wears these clothes. He's a drug addict and it's, it's not that big of a deal. And movies like Scarface, you know? Scarface was a hero for people. When it came out, people, everyone wanted to be Scarface. You know, say hello to my little friend. That's what you heard people saying in the shower. Um, but to be serious, what, like 
When it comes to the glamorization of drug use in pop culture, what can we do to counteract that? You know, I think that um, for the most part, people really know that they're not supposed to deal with drugs, they're not supposed to use drugs, they're not supposed mm -hmm. to uh, even get close to it. However, there is, you know, basically studies have shown that uh, the people who use drugs, and by the way, let me throw out some numbers here, 90% of people who graduate from high school in the United States have tried marijuana. Mm -hmm. So literally everybody, everybody, by the time they graduate, Right. Uh, uh, high school, they've tried marijuana, and that is very unfortunate. So it gets gets me back to my main point, which is people don't intend to become addicted to drugs. Right. You know, they just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's you know, it's a gathering, it's a party, it's it's a graduation party, whatever it may be. Uh, and you know, they're they're in that situation, and they're saying to themselves, you know, let me just try it. Yeah, it's just one time. You know, I don't have to. I, I won't ever gonna become addicted to it. And you know, they'll try it once, and then let's see. Let's say they're 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 seeing this person again, whether it's you know in a, in a house party or, or 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 amongst friends or in their neighborhoods or it's the weekend. I don't know what it could be. Right. And they try it again, and you know, by the third or fourth time, they're get they're telling this guy, you know, we need some of this to take home. We're gonna be doing it at night, and then it starts at you know. They're, they're doing it at night when everybody's gone to sleep and then it's just going to become a habit. It's going to become part of their lives. Right. And they'll be stuck in it. And, uh, and you know, uh, to be honest, yesterday we came across this uh, documentary. I had seen it for the first time. Right. And, uh, and really, I mean, I was not even able to sleep well because of that. Uh, the opioid overdose in Michigan, in right. Dearborn. Epidemic. It's, uh, apparently, this is something uh, that, uh, it's, it's a true problem. Yeah, it's, it's been people, going on People are dying, years, dying. People are literally dying. Right. Uh, you know, they're, they're saying that, you know, we know of about 20 people a year that die from drug overdose because, you know, they obviously have to Go yeah. to the mosque and within the Muslim community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Within yeah. the Muslim community. I'm talking about within the Muslim community Dearborn, yeah. of Dearborn. And um, and it talked about this kid who didn't want to be who didn't want to start abusing drugs, but he did because he was trapped into that situation. Right. And you look at him and he's this healthy young boy, and then after the drug abuse, he's literally like a zombie. He has destroyed himself, mm -hmm. and uh, there's nobody to help him. You know, this was the situation that I saw, that there was nobody to help him. And the mosque people would judge him, mm -hmm. and the, uh, in, in the community centers people would judge him. His yeah. friends, his family right. would judge him, right. and, and it's very sad. Those people are suffering. Mm -hmm. Those people will end up dying. Those people are, are, are being, you know, kicked out of their homes and there is nobody to help them and there are some people who will judge them mm -hmm. you know it's very unfortunate because if you got nothing to say nothing good to say if you're not going to be helpful if you're not going to be aiding those people to get out of the problem then maybe you shouldn't say anything
Mm-hmm. You know, don't go around judging people like that because at the end of the day, we don't know if you would have done better, if we would have been in a better situation today, if we were to be in their in, in their in their shoes. You know, some of them come from shattered homes. Some right. of them come from, uh, you know, families that had problems. Uh, some of them just made one wrong mistake, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, with certain drugs, those hard drugs like methamphetamine, crack, that, it only takes one time, you know, especially methamphetamine, one of the most addictive substances. So easy to acquire within the, you know, wherever you are, probably it's cheap, it's, uh, and I know people that probably didn't know that what they were doing was methamphetamine. You know, with the huge cocaine problem, those drugs are interlinked. You know, someone could give you a powder and tell you, oh, this is cocaine. You snort it. You don't even know you're, you've been doing meth. Eventually, you're addicted to methamphetamine. That's it. And it's so hard to, you know, um, get off of that drug because it, it, uh, it physically changes your brain composition, right? So, um, so I, I was going to say that, um, you know, I feel that when dealing with people who are addicted to drugs, right. addicts, uh, we should not shame them. Right, right. We should help them. Our community should have facilities and bigger communities, such as the community in L.A., the community in New York, the community in Dearborn, they should have rehabs for Muslim kids. Right. Then they should be able to get those Muslim kids to talk about their experience to other Muslim kids. Mm -hmm. Take them to, you know, Sunday school and take them here and there and have them create this awareness. Yeah. Don't keep on saying that, you know, this this is not in our community, this is not in our home, this is not in our family. Saying it doesn't exist. It's the worst thing you yeah, can do. Yeah, you know, the just running away from the Absolutely. truth. Oh, you know, this won't happen to our I, kids. This won't believe happen. me, I know people that come from respectable families, mm-hmm. very wealthy families. Some of them are religious families. And they are addicted to drugs. Right. And they fall into problems. Problems. I mean, I know people who are behind bars. I know people who, uh, you know, they're, they're so immersed into this lifestyle mm-hmm. they can't even leave their house the guy is not even 30 years old but he won't even leave his room right uh this is because we kept saying such problems don't exist in our community mm-hmm. we never talked about it we never brought it up i remember a long long time ago the first time i talked about drugs from the member i don't remember if it was ramadan or Muharram, to be honest with you but i was in a, in a community and the management of the community some of the elders met with me uh, afterwards, and I was very young, <clears throat> and they said, how could you uh, unpurify the mimbar with drugs? Mm-hmm. The mimbar is a place where we praise Imam Ali and praise the Prophet and praise the Quran, and we talk about the Akhara, and right. how can you talk about drugs? And I just thought to myself that those guys are light years ahead. They're really clueless. They don't know what's going on. Yeah. They don't know that you need a, a, a mind and a body that is healthy, that is drug-free, that is alcohol-free to consume the word of Allah. 
to be able to understand the word of Allah, to pray. Allah in the Quran says, Right. You cannot pray while you're intoxicated. And to them, they had no clue. But years later, I know I know two people from that specific community who are actually uh, in prison right now yeah. because of dealing with drugs. Yeah. And at that time, those those people were kids. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's it's very important how we address this topic and how we talk about it, how we treat people who are who are uh, who are on drugs. I'd like to really say to the brothers who made this uh, documentary, it was Vice that made it, but. There's people that I personally know. Um, uh -huh. I met them, that are, that were basically in in, that in the documentary. Yeah. You know, honestly, bless them. Yeah. For being so brave. Yeah. For coming out and talking about it. Yeah. I'm so proud of them. Uh, I'm proud of their achievement that they were able to overcome this addiction. And now they're going around helping other people. This is the greatest thing. This is going to be their sadaqa jariya, their continuous. Charity. Right. Every time somebody's going to quit drugs, every every time somebody's going to stay away from drugs, everybody get every time some track. they're going to uh, uh, get a reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of that. Because they were brave enough to come out and talk about it. Yeah. I, back to the last point, talking about the glamorization of drug use and maybe how we could avoid that stuff in pop culture. Maybe it's time for us to create our own Islamic, uh, you know, curated entertainment. Stuff that doesn't include uh, the glamorization of drugs or use of violence or guns or all that kind of stuff. So maybe if we had more media outlets that were curated to Muslim youth, then that obviously, you know, they wouldn't fall into that trap. Or maybe um, things they can listen to instead of those songs and music the trap music um, if, if there was something cool for them to listen to as well maybe they wouldn't fall in those kind of traps uh, absolutely I, you, know, I, you know honestly i think that the idea is the trick is to keep them busy to right. keep them busy with sports specifically individual sports i want to talk about this in another episode because there's mm -hmm. still areas we need to cover like uh, if you're doing drugs how to get yeah. out of it if you know somebody who's an, an addict, how do you deal with them? <clears throat> Those are things that are, you know, a lot of people ask me. Yeah. Uh, I know people are anticipating uh, hearing about them. So just quickly, I'll say that you got to keep people busy. Mm -hmm. So keep them busy with book clubs. For example, we came across this brother uh, uh, who is doing this. Uh, it's a brilliant idea. He's introducing a book in one minute, and I already have uh, one minute uh, book review. Yeah, I've I've actually put a link to his page on on this page, and uh, you know that is somebody who's going to be busy all the time because he's got to read those books, he's got to summarize them, create the videos. Our communities are meant to create such individuals. So if mm -hmm. somebody has a passion for books. Help them create that platform. You know, how much does it take? $10,000? You know, I'm sure all parents can afford this. So if you have that within your family, within your children, support that idea. Make sure they're busy with it. Make sure that instead of doing drugs and running after the wrong friends and being in the wrong place at the wrong time, 
they're sitting home doing what they like. Or for example, other kids may have a passion for something else, you know, and they want to have their YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And they want to talk about something productive, something good, you know. Um, let them, let them be. Right. If they have a passion for sports, get them into the sports, let them drain their energy, you know, let them be, they're mentally going to be occupied, physically going to be occupied, thinking about this all the time. Um, you know, always remind them that they should have a bright, bright future. Always, always, you know, remind them that you can have a good future. Everything is ready for you to achieve your success and push them to do better in school. As soon as we start, we stop talking to our children, as soon as they're no longer busy, as soon as they, uh, they have nothing to do, then that's where the problems will crawl into our house, crawl into their families and start destroying lives. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that is something very important. Our community should basically um, set people up to become leaders, you know. And uh, there are, you know, yesterday I was looking uh, at the list of nonprofit organizations. Mm -hmm. There are 100 different entities, 100 different types of nonprofit organizations that you right. can have in this country. One of them, for example, is religion, youth religious leadership. You know, you can have a nonprofit organization and you can all pitch in five, 10, 15 families mm -hmm. and have a center that is for religious leadership, youth religious leadership. Yeah. Why not? To just hang out. You know, why are you going to give your tax somewhere else? Right. Why don't you spend that on your own children? It just takes for us to explore the options available to put our money in the right place, to make the right decisions, and then you set something up and for generations people will be able to use that. Or for example, sports. I mean, they you can literally have any sort of sport facility that's not, not for profit. Right. So if you're helping out Muslim kids, you know, go over there, play sports, stay away from drugs, stay away from alcohol abuse, or, 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 or all sorts of, of, of things that will destroy their future, you know, why don't you do that? You know, that's a, that's a really good idea. Yeah, um, and then obviously now, to the serious aspect of our talk, there's people that obviously are struggling with drug use. This is, um, it kind of becomes like a mental state. You're sick, you know? The, the whole mentality of like, oh, just say no to it. Don't do it, that's not, gonna work you know when someone falls into the trap when someone is addicted to a substance their brain takes on another composition you know it's it's changed it's not the same person they used to be so for them they're already uh, entrenched in it so how can we help someone that is addicted to drugs uh, first of all I think that uh, prior to that maybe we should talk about uh, you know, how do you know if you're addicted? Because a right. lot of people uh, uh, basically deny. they deny yeah. that they're addicted to drugs or they deny that they have an alcohol problem. Mm -hmm. And studies have shown that you don't even need to use drugs every day nor drink every day to have an alcohol problem or a drug problem. Right. You know, people who don't drink the entire week, but in the weekend, binge drink. they drink, and when they drink, they turn into animals. Not even animals act like them, you know? Yeah. You know they, and 
like you said, this is something that's portrayed as cool on TV. You right. know, people just having so much fun. I mean, shouting, alcohol is legal, so oh, you could have a drink after work. Yeah, that's, that's something. Yeah, but obviously, it, uh, I'm sure this is encouraged in the media, but yeah. it's not. You know, a rational person won't encourage sure. you to over drink and, and get drunk. Uh, you know, imagine how many people around the world die every year because of drunk driving. Mm -hmm. How many people? Millions. Right. Hundreds of thousands. I don't have an exact number, but I remember once I did a research and it's then so easy to convince people that Allah can just allow you to have a little drink, a little sip, you know. If you're tolerant, then you get to drink this much. If you're not, then... If, if you're just drinking it casually or for romance, there's no such thing because the end result is people will die. Right. Children will be born with all sorts of problems because their mother was drinking right. um, uh, or, or abusing drugs. So Allah, when He says this is prohibited, it's for our own good, for the good of society. Right. To, so basically, how do you know that you're addicted and, 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 and making sure you don't deny the fact that you're addicted is very simple. If things are going wrong, if you're getting in trouble, then you're addicted because you shouldn't be getting in trouble for something that you're doing for leisure or for fun. Mm -hmm. If you are, you know, if things are going wrong in your life, for example, your family, with your family, if, if your family is upset with you, if your family is, you know, they know of your problem. And they're not happy with you if they're considering kicking you out of their house or even you know if you're kicked out of the house right um, if you lost your job if you you know have to if you're on probation mm -hmm. if any of those things are happening to you or about to happen to you then you're addicted to drugs you're addicted to alcohol get yourself some serious help get right. yourself some professional help do this for your own good do not deny the fact that you need help Get help now and instead of ruining your entire future. Right. If two people now, 200 people will know later. So get yourself professional help immediately um, before it gets too serious. That's one. Number two, get yourself out of that situation. Make sure that you are not in that situation again. Right. If the situation is the cause, make sure that you stay away from it. You separate yourself from it. And, uh, you know, you, you completely cut, out, cut, cut off those friends, mm -hmm. even if they are your family members. Right. If they're causing you to do those things, make sure that you are completely staying away from them. Number three, make sure that you're exercising and getting yourself busy and, and you're productive. Uh, I feel that one reason why people can... Now, to answer your question of how to help people... I feel one reason is when people started when people start abusing drugs or they become addicts right. is because it's a self-destruction mode that they're in. They feel useless. They feel like okay, nothing's gonna go right in their lives. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and 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 then who cares? Yeah, who might cares? as well. Might as well just do whatever you know yeah. makes me feel better at this moment or, or right. makes me forget. And to the most part, I, like I said, you know, we shame people, we, we abuse them, we make them even feel more guilty. But sometimes the ones that need to be shamed are the people that surround those individuals, their parents, right. their extended family, or their immediate family. You know, if you're going around 
calling this person stupid or, or a person who can't do any better or if you've never supported your child yeah. or if you've never spoken to them and now they're doing drugs, they're not to be blamed. You as a parent are to be ashamed of yourself. Right. So if you feel somebody's in that state where, are, where they're self-destructing, then help them, listen to them, guide them, aid them, give them a hand. Yeah. Don't make them feel more guilty than they already do. You know, people, all sorts of people would come to the Prophet wasallam, and they would be guilty of sins. And Rasulullah would never make them feel more guilty. He would say, go and ask for forgiveness. He taught them how to seek for forgiveness. He taught them how to conceal their wrongdoings. He helped them. He never made them feel, feel more guilty because somebody who's doing drugs, guess what? They feel guilty already. Mm -hmm. They're overwhelmed with guilt. Somebody who's doing alcohol abuse is already overwhelmed with guilt. We don't need to make them feel worse. We need to help them get out of that situation. We need to lend them a hand of help. Right. Yeah, talking about that, you know, we that definitely needs to be practiced more within our community. That way the numbers of drug abuse get lower. So what can we do to avoid even starting drug use? You know, not, not getting close to it, not partaking in it, not falling within that. Yeah, like I said, you know, to sum it up, make sure that you don't put yourself in the wrong uh, situation. Right. You know, I was li listening to a psychiatrist yesterday speak about this, and basically he, this was his number one advice. And this doesn't even come from a religious background. He said, don't put yourself into a situation you're going to regret later. Right. You know, just make sure you're doing something else. You're avoiding that. Um, and he said, you know, this is something very interesting. He said, uh, so they, ex uh, they experiment those things on animals, obviously. You know, the drugs and addiction and, and, and uh, uh, the, the habits right. they develop. They... Uh, on like mice and rats and yeah, stuff. so they they basically use mice and rats in order to determine how human beings will react right. as well. And I'm sure everybody knows this, you know, watching. So he says that they, you know, the mice or the rats. I think that he said mice uh, that got addicted to certain drugs. They basically put a cat, the smell of the cat. They made the mice aware of the presence of the cat. Mm -hmm. and other dangers, like three, four dangers. And, you know, mice is, is pretty smart, so it can figure things out. But because of their addiction, they're willing to take the risk to go and get themselves to the drug and consume the drug. And this obviously says a lot about human beings as well. If you're going to be addicted to that drug, mm -hmm. then you're going to explain yourself that, oh, no, my parents wouldn't know. My parents won't find out. I'm not going to get in trouble. I can drive. I can do this. I can manage. I can go to work. Nobody's going to find out. And guess what? Your parents are going to find out. You're going to get fired from work. You're going to get into an accident. You're probably going to hurt somebody. You're probably going to go to jail. And everything else is going to go wrong. Because you are not an exception to the rule. Right. Everybody else who's addicted to this drug or, or alcohol or or, or they're drinking and driving, one day their things are going to go wrong for them. Right. And you are no exception to the rule. And as parents, you know, I see that a lot of parents will end up saying, oh, please pray for my son. Please pray for my daughter. Yes, prayer can help, but prayer will not do miracles. 
Right. Unless they want to change. Yeah. Why were you ignoring this when your child was 10, 12, 15 years old? Mm -hmm. I think the smartest of people, honestly, are the ones that when their children are younger, they spend on them generously, but not buying them, you know, the latest iPad and iPhone and this and that, but, you know, they take them to Ziyal. That really plays a huge role on their character, on their kids. Right. Yeah, it might cost you like 10 grand a year, but it's worth it. If your kid is not going to end up doing drugs, it's worth it. Yeah. If you put yourself, if you put your kids in a good Islamic school and you spend like five, $6,000 a year, it's worth it. You know, they say that um, uh, uh, there was a village, and in that village, there was a, a teacher. Mm -hmm. And the head of the village, uh, was a, he was a very wealthy man, and he had a, a very rowdy child. So the child grew up, and he wanted to put him in school. So he took him to the teacher, and he said, I want you to teach him. And the teacher said, it costs you 10 dinars a year to, for me to teach your child. Yeah, tuition. He said, 10 dinars. That's a lot of money. I can go and buy another mule with this money. And obviously mules were used for transport. They were used tools. You know, so they were just like a car. Right. And he said, you know, that's, uh, that's a lot of money. I can buy another mule with that money. So he said to the guy, he said, well, you have two options. One is to educate your son, make sure he's going to have a better future, or you just can have two mules at home. Right. Because your son, not being educated, the way he's acting right now, there's no difference between him and a mule. So, you know, some people, they end up muling their kids. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're not going to care for them, if you're going to, you know, some people think, oh, the most important thing for my kids is to make sure they're wearing the nicest clothes or, or we're driving the most expensive car or we, everybody knows that we are the most, uh, we're the richest, wealthiest family. Right. And that is where they're making huge mistakes. And some of them still don't wake up. Yeah. To make sure that, you know, from now on, let them change their ways. So my advice to the brothers and sisters out there is to... Really make sure that you and your community and those in your age group, you know, in their 30s and their 40s, they have young kids growing up, think of their future before you have to go pick up your son or your daughter from a police station or before they're dying out of, you know, because of drug use. By the way, I've asked that they put a link of the video that we saw from Dearborn, yeah. Michigan and the Muslim community in the description. Right. For people to watch and see how serious this issue is, this is yeah. not a joke. If you save people, then you're. If you save one person, it's as if you're saving humanity. So please take uh, this matter very seriously. The matter of Islamic school, weekend schools, Muslim facilities, recreational facilities, sports centers, um, following up with your children. Um, you know, make sure you don't treat them in a way that they're going to be in a, in a, in, in, in a state of mind where they want to just destroy themselves and, and start abusing drugs. Many important discussions surrounding this topic, but I, I think we, you know, we tried, alhamdulillah, to, yeah. to, uh, to Let's cover. Just talk about one more point about yeah. that, uh, the Dearborn documentary, of course. So, yeah, talking about the opioid crisis within America, 
Prescription drugs kill over 128,000 Americans wow. a year. You know, and the worst part is they're legal. You get them from your doctor. So many people develop their addictions to these opioid drugs because, um, you know, maybe they had a surgery or maybe they just never, never were able to get off of that drug after a surgery or something like that. Um, but some people think, oh, this is halal because a, a doctor gave it to me. And even after the like you have a surgery and the doctor gives you 60 Vicodin or 60 oxycodone that's so unnecessary but it happens and he tells you you surgery that is. yeah back surgery something like that yeah. they'll tell you you know keep this whenever you experience pain again take it so people are thinking like oh I have a little bit of pain pop one of these it's not like that's not halal yeah. you know yeah, so, so just because a doctor prescribed it to you doesn't make it halal and developing an addiction to it kids take these drugs and then they become these pills become expensive they take cheaper alternatives like heroin yeah you know I mean you told me a story about your friend who unfortunately got into this and, and started seeing from you yeah so uh, personal relationship it was uh, this person developed an addiction to prescription drugs and uh, eventually just spiraled to where they were stealing things from my belongings. Um, I wasn't able to trust this person or, around me. And, and this person is a good person. He a good person, a good yeah, person. just a good Muslim. You know, his parents are good Muslims too. He was in the Husseiniyah and the Masjid all the time, grew up, you know, in a great environment. but. You know, once again, you I, know, think, I just wanted to make sure everybody knows and hears this that this is not, you know, exception. it's not aliens that get. Yeah, it's addicted. not an exception. So, Anyone, you can. know, a lot of people have unfortunately addictive personalities, right? Uh, or it could be in their genes, you know, right? Um, but whatever it is, uh, again, we're not shaming anybody. We're not judging anybody. We want to help. Right. We want the Muslim community to extend a hand of help. And we want to make sure that we avoid such things from happening in the future. So, um, you know, uh, like you said, you know, this person literally destroyed his life. He was going around because he's so in need. He was, mm -hmm. he was stealing. Yeah. So, you know, back to what you were asking, the prescription medication. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously that's a, that's a, 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 an addiction as well. And, you know, once people are addicted to it, there's no... No difference between that and or cocaine or, or crystal yeah. meth. Or Those that. drugs are derived from opium. So they're opioids. So they're the same family as heroin. They're just synthetic heroin, basically. So that And that that's why we're urging people to watch this Vice documentary about the opioid crisis in Dearborn. Yes. Absolutely. Should. Yeah, definitely. I think we should conclude here. Yeah. Um, thank you to everyone. Did you want to take some questions? If we want to take questions, we might have to rebroadcast, right? Because uh, we, we only have, have five minutes. Yeah, we have five minutes, so okay. we'll just be fair and since we've promised okay. people. Even though we've asked them to leave it in their questions. We'll take a few questions. Maybe people uh, were uncomfortable sharing it in the comments and they might want to just ask within the live stream uh, broadcast. I know we weren't really able to... Uh, talk about medicinal marijuana so just like a quick 30 second answer you know is medicinal marijuana haram in every single circumstance or is there 
certain circumstances that um, it would not be halal. Oh, I'm so sorry. Just give me one second. So basically, we've just had people commenting uh, on uh, the the episode and how thankful they are. May Allah bless you. Thank you for, for your positive feedback. And, and we'll just take some of the questions from there. Somebody suggested you should wear darker colors because of the camera. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not wearing dark colors too. So. I'll put my address in if people want to send me some merch so I could uh, look better in front of the camera. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, with marijuana, I have a whole lecture about it. I think people have seen it. At least my viewers have seen it. Um, and it's helped a lot of people. Alhamdulillah, I am blessed that I was able to discuss that with my audience. Um, but with marijuana, obviously, the ones that are created in lab mm -hmm. are controlled how much THC they have. So basically, uh, some of them have really high level of THC, 25%, you know or more and they get really high mm -hmm. and some of them have less uh, especially the natural ones uh, maybe five percent and I guess you know I I, I I mean I watched so many documentaries and read so many books about this that back in the 80s when mm -hmm. people were just like walking around smoking uh, drinks, way weaker yeah. it was way weaker it was yeah. just giving people a little buzz yeah and I always thought about this, like, how are the hippies smoking all the time and, and just getting... Well, when that became uh, a business and they right. started... Genetically modifying it. Yeah, they started modifying weed. The THC became stronger and was getting right. people more high to a point where they're just stuck on a chair and they can't even move. Yeah, and uh, the couch. <laughs> or the couch. And obviously, you know, with, uh, with the movies that, you know... Uh, came out. They're very funny. Yeah. Uh, talking about you know showing uh, a per, uh, like a, a, a Chin Chan Chong, a, a person that's addicted to drugs. Yeah. And you know we 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 laugh. We watch those movies, but at the end of the day, I think uh, you know people understand the fact that smoking weed is going to get you intoxicated. Right. Um, and uh, it's going to ruin your life. And you know you're going to create this habit of sleeping late, waking up uh, late, uh, not going to work, being lazy, the munchies, all the stuff that will end up catching up to you and destroying your life. So if it has no THC, basically I think it's something everybody knows. Then it's a lot. You know, yeah, some people are using it for medicinal use. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, just like any other medication. But if it does have THC. And uh, and then then it's not allowed. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank dealing you. with it, business, all that stuff. You know, we will have to talk about it in another episode, inshallah. But I think we're gonna have to conclude here, and uh, inshallah, meet the audience not tomorrow, but the day after. Thank you so much, everyone who's been supporting us. Thank you for your kind feedback. Uh, we urge everyone to please leave your comments uh, in the flyers that we post. So every night we put a new topic. Please like and share this with everyone and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way we could uh, live stream on YouTube as well. Please keep us in your du'as and may Allah accept your fasting during this holy month. Thank you so much. Thank you brothers and sisters. May Allah bless you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.